kitchen duty. It was only 5 a.m., but the kitchen had been full steam ahead for an hour already. They'd started trooping in at four, even before it was light, all knowing exactly what they had to do. The mise en place had been set up the evening before. The correct quantities of all the different vegetables, the proper weight of lentils soaked for the sambar, the rice and lentil batter for the idlis ground and left overnight to ferment. The kitchen rang with sturdy thwacks as sackfuls of coconut were cracked and the industrial strength grinders droned as chutneys and vada dough were ground out. Knives glistened under the bright electric lights as the small army of vegetable cutters peeled and chopped the onions and drumsticks and pumpkins and brinjols. The strong, spicy smell of bubbling sambar filled the kitchen and wafted out its windows in spite of the powerful exhaust chimneys. The huge stainless steel steamers were set to heat and the massive trays with the idli indentations were being prepped to receive the frothy white batter. Head chef, Mani, had a raft of sous chefs under him. They were all experienced hands and each one knew his responsibility and his role in the operation and valued the privileges his position brought. Most of the others had no kitchen background and had learned on the job. They'd all started out washing the huge vessels and the long-handled cooking spoons, sharpening the knives that were counted out and counted in meticulously by an official at the start and finish of every workday, washing, peeling and cutting the vegetables as dictated by their supervisors. Precision and perfection. The new hands often suspected the chefs were just being nitpicky. But if they didn't fall into line in three days, they were sacked and the loss of kitchen privileges was devastating. The rest quickly learned the lesson, perform as demanded or pay the terrible price. Chef ran a tight unit. He was determined that his kitchen should provide food, not just of a high standard, but of a consistently high standard. This project was his brainchild, and he knew he was damn lucky the higher-ups had given it the green signal. He couldn't afford to let it bomb. He was taking more than just his name and reputation on it. He was taking his life and liberty and that of every member of his kitchen, and he would let nothing jeopardize that. So you either shaped up or shipped out. End of story. Chef Money was everywhere, watching, tasting, smelling. He tested the idli batter before it was poured. It had to taste right, look right, smell right. The exact level of light frothiness. Chef Chandran stood by, patiently. He knew it was perfect, but till he got Chef Money's nod every morning, a small frisson of tension remained. Chef Money nodded and moved on, and Chef Chandran moved in with his crew to start the pouring and steaming of the batter and the production of the hundreds of hot, steaming idlis. Chef Mani checked the simmering sambar cursorily. The aroma filling the kitchens already told him it was perfectly balanced. He moved on briskly to the chutney station where the two chutneys were almost ready. He took a sniff 
at the running grinders and gave his nod. The huge pans in which oil was heating to fry the vadas were ready and waiting for him. Two small rings had been dropped into the hot oil and as he approached them, they were fished out with a massive slotted spoon, plump and golden and glistening. They were tossed onto a sheet of paper to drain. Chef broke into one with his bare hands, long conditioned to the heat. A steaming morsel was tossed into his mouth and was approved with a nod. In only seconds, Chef Venkat had the pans filled with dozens of similar rings, twinkling merrily in the hot oil. The massive griddles sizzled as Chef Damo and his team poured out the wafer-thin dosas, crisp and fragrant, and tempting Chef Mani to take more than just a single bite. They would never be as good as when they came fresh off the griddle, but customers still queued around the block for the string-tied packages, they were told, so they couldn't be as bad as Chef Damo feared. The vegetable choppers stood at the long trestle tables in their double roll of packers with their pre-cut bits of banana leaf and newspaper and string. The hot idlis, dosas and vadas were bundled with military precision. The blue, green and red crates stood ready to receive the different packages. The sambar went into screw-top jars. Customers could return those for a refund. The cleaning and sterilizing of these and the preparation of the packaging materials were another two lines of labor-intensive operations and had separate crews working in another area. They were considered part of the kitchen operations, but lowest in the hierarchy. Lower even than the vegetable cutters and packers. Yet those who snagged even those menial jobs thanked God for their lucky stars. It was hot, hard work. And since the food was all trucked out, they never even experienced any customer satisfaction. But still, there was always a score of men vying for each available slot. By 6am, the trucks were loaded. The kitchen staff all counted off as they stepped back and watched the trucks roll out through the big gates. The men turned in for their own breakfast. They almost worked through the grueling day, starting before daybreak and dog-tired by noon, only for the sake of this free time. They would eat fast and hungrily so they could spend the maximum time hanging together, chatting and laughing easily. But the half-hour break was soon over and lots more work waited to be done. Another small army had cleaned and washed everything so they could instantly start the prep for lunch. They relished the work, the food they produced and the money they earned, a pittance though it was. But most of all, they just delighted in being there. When the roster had been called, and all the trucks had rolled out at noon carrying their red and green crates of chicken and vegetable biryani and blue crates of vegetable curry and rotis, they trooped back in for the heavy-duty clean-up. When it was done to Chef Mani's satisfaction, quantities of rice and lentils and vegetables were weighed and laid out or washed or soaked or ground as required under the watchful eyes of his sous-chefs as he and Chef Damo checked the stores and prepared their daily indent. The men sat down to their lunch together. 
Unlike the breakfast, they lingered as long as they could over this meal, dreading the end of the workday. For the great good fortune to work in the kitchen brought with it the opportunity to forget for a good part of each day that when the last bit of clean-up was finished and the last bit of prep for the next day was done and the knives were all cleaned and tallied and stored again in the locked cupboard, they would all have to troop back to the side gate, sign their names in the ledger and trudge down the gloomy corridors to be locked back in their grey prison cells for many miserable hours till they could hasten once more in the pre-dawn dark to the sweet air of liberty that filled the freedom prison kitchen. <laughs>